Podcast with Ben Davis Jr. and co-host Seth Coleman. Brought to you by Rowdy Smokehouse and recorded at the Back Row Studio. Well, this week we're going to kick off the show a little bit differently, Seth. Really? Yep. Uh, I just I have something that I think you need to know. Oh. Our buddies, uh, you know, Jeremy Barker lets us use this space here. I love them. Part of the uh, uh, Back Row Studios deal. Um, anyways, he's a real good dude, and uh, he has that podcast with our friend Peej. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bark and Peej know everything. Yeah. And they talked about us on their podcast. Oh, really? Gave us a little shout out. I think you need to hear it. Oh, okay. Here it is. Thank you. So, yeah. welcome back to Bark and Peach Knows Everything. Want to uh, shout out a podcast on the Back Row Network, kind of on the network. It records in Back Row Studios. Check out Ben Davis Jr. and uh, the Dirt Poor podcast with... Uh, Seth Colmer, who I actually am having some beef with because he mentioned our podcast this week. Here we week. go. That's he had, getting good. He had the audacity to say that we don't know everything. That's his question, ludicrous. His question was, do Bark and Peach know I don't listen to their podcast? Ben's response was no. He said, I don't think they know everything then. Let me tell you, I knew that. Deep down, I knew he was not listening to our podcast. That's oh, not a... yeah. I mean, so a guy like that just doesn't listen to a podcast of this quality, of this nature. Right. He had the audacity to say, I didn't know that. I knew that all along. That's right. How's that make you feel, bud? You know what? That, that really makes me feel happy. Because when people are so insecure with themselves and they have to, like, backtrack... Because I, I spoke to Peach and told him, like, hey... I gave you a shout out on our podcast. I said that I didn't watch your podcast. I hope you didn't, you know, I wonder if you knew that. He was like, oh, really? You need to listen to it. So he's lying, first off. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, he says, oh, we got a beef. I'm a vegetarian, dude. And you're not scared of him. And Yeah, and I'm not scared of him. Like that one song about Helen uh, Keller? 212. Is that the band? Yeah. Really? No. Oh. Three or three. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, two on two is Azalea Banks. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, that's the other. But yeah, um, I'm not a vegetarian either. So yeah, I I, I don't have beef with him. Um, I, I do now. I know where he lives. It's on, Peach. It's on. By the way, Jeremy, thank you very much for uh, mentioning us on your podcast, not only at the beginning, but at the very end. But Peach, it's over, bud. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm not letting Jeremy off the hook either. You can, you can, you know. He you, said, you I, have your he own said it was ludicrous, <laughs> and well, I'm like, ludicrous. Yeah, Luda. Yep. I know this outfit. That ridiculous. dude can spit. You want to talk about spitting? Yeah. You want to talk about spitting? Sure. Let's have a little conversation about spitting. I am the North Carolina State Watermelon Seed Spitting Champion. That, Two years running. That's incredible. It's true. How did you win that championship? I spit a watermelon seed. Is this uh, when you said that you lived on the border and you would spit it into another state, or was that like playing football or something? That was playing football. Okay. Uh, this was when I lived in Marshville, and they had a watermelon festival. And the current state uh, record holder from like the fucking 60s was there. Like this this record had been held for a long time. Yeah. And he was there, and he was like setting it off. Like it was like a white uh, roll of paper rolled out real far. And you had to spit the watermelon seed, and it had to land on the white paper. Okay. And he, like, spit his, and it was, like, 23 feet or something like that, or, or 20 feet. It was pretty far to spit a watermelon seed. Yeah. 
And I think the record was like 23. I think that's what it was. The record was like 23 or 24 feet or something like that. And this guy held it forever. I get up there. I launch one out. 30 feet, 10 inches. Wow. I destroyed the record. You did. And I actually have a newspaper clipping with me and that dude. Like, he's shaking my hand handing me my $10 reward or award, I should say. And, you know, we're taking the picture. What people don't know about that picture is that dude was squeezing my hand so hard. He yeah. was so upset. I'm sure he was. Because, because I, I'm from Ohio. Some yeah. Ohio boy came in. And took the North Carolina at watermelon seed spitting championship away from this dude that's held it from the 60s. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I never got to, to tell him how sorry I was um, because the next year I came back and he wasn't there and I spit another seed. He probably died of a broken heart. You know what? I'm sorry about that. Why is it everything that I do for my hobbies kills people? Like yeah. <laughs> putting out uh, heat sources for families. Oh. I don't know. Well, by the way, I am the dirt poor troubadour Ben Davis Jr. And I am Seth Ludacris Comer. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's just Ludacris. That works. Tell me about what you've been up to over the last week, bud. Oh, really not much except for being really mad at uh, Bark and Peach uh, now. It's actually. Uh, like, I think that podcast only came out like two days ago. Dude, it's, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It hasn't been out that long. It's just really, I, I just heard it, actually. Yeah. So now I wonder if they know that. I wonder if they know that. No, I, uh, you know, been working, you know, uh, having some fun. I had three days off because of the uh, old Labor Day yeah. stuff. And it, uh, it just got drunk. Well, that sounds fun. I, I did a little bit of that myself. Uh, when? Last Tuesday. Before we recorded the podcast, right when I was golfing. Oh, yeah. That's right. when you were blown. You blew me off that night, too. I know. Uh, well, listen, you can't hit me up at such late hours. I'm an old man. I called you at 7. No. Oh. Well, yeah, but I was busy at 7 sleeping. Yeah, I know. And then I woke up. An and hour I was, later. I was ready to party. And, and you were like, and I'm like, come over. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, I'm not just gonna sit here and play Skyrim. I, I yeah, because I needed to. I'm trying to take steps toward bettering my life. Uh, I went and hiked yesterday, and I didn't play Skyrim because I didn't have time because I was being better than that. And uh, I'm actually today. I started. I work at the same company as you again. Um, that's a that's that's a crock of shit. Well, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> I do, and uh, so you're the newbie in town, bud. <laughs> yep, I am. Uh, I was there, you know, ten years before, and um, I'm glad that I have this opportunity to correct my legacy. You know, uh, all right. I I didn't didn't leave there on the best terms. Not that I was, you know, it was a mess or anything. It's it just, was a bloodbath. I just was not uh, in it anymore and needed some time to breathe. It's been exactly a year, I think, and. Uh, now I am back and better than ever, like Eric Bischoff. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that I really think I'm going to enjoy is I drove home today. Uh, well, I was driving here, actually, from work, and I passed a miniature donkey farm. Oh. They were so adorable. Yeah, dude. I didn't know there were such things as miniature donkeys. I had no idea either, but there are. They are uh, like the miniature horses, but inbred looking. You know, uh, so like they might have been miniature mules. Um, I don't know, but that's mules are a sad existence, anyways, because they're yeah, they, sterile. Well, they so can't are bees. reproduce. Bees, bees can't reproduce. There's a queen. 
They they can't just reproduce with each other. How does that happen? How does she just have babies without? She has to get fertilized somehow. Yeah, by certain freight trained bees, bud by by a certain bee. Yeah, that so like the other bees don't mate. Like they just work. All Are the you time. sure they're not? They're not just you know after hours hitting it up in the hot tub. Yeah, no, they don't have uh like they're born without reproductive organs. <sighs> I'm still sadder about mules than bees. Well, bees actually contribute to our existence, and mules are just mules. They're great pack animals, and so, they could carry all the honey that we collect from bees. Yeah. Well, can they pollinate uh, the flowers and keep us breathing? No, but they sure can fertilize. Yeah, and actually their farts are what are causing the ozone to dissipate because the amount of methane. That's from bovines. They're, you know, they, they produce methane in their farts, too. Well... I met a girl that was on methane, and uh, she was pretty crazy, bud. Oh, really? Yeah, just freaked out all the time. Was it both of my sisters? No. No, it was not. Well, they are. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to bring that up. No, it's it's all right. All right. Well, (laughs) let's let's change this to uh, a little bit better subject here. See, okay, I'm going to start on this. Okay. You have been so judgmental in this podcast already, like, Oh, I don't play Skyrim because I'm going to better myself. I am. Okay. So playing games, is it important? No, playing games is very important, but I know that I have been living in a fantasy world. I have not been in the real world, and my brain is telling me, Ben, get in touch with the real world. You're real sad right now. Go outside. Hike. Visit your friends. Smell the flowers. Well, I have been. <laughs> I have been visiting my friends. It's just you, not me. Yeah. Not me. He's like, I see you once a week on a podcast. <laughs> I hate you now. Now we are work friends, and that's it, bud. Okay. Our relationship has it's subsided. About, it's about the sour cream. I know it. It mostly there's a little bit of tension there, you know, um, but other than that, you know, maybe our friendship has run its course. This is just now a professional relationship. And uh, that is what it is. It's been nice knowing you. So, anyways, our friendship could be repaired over some brisket and some chicken. I I really feel like. Yeah, I love some brisket and chicken. And the best place to get that is Rowdy's. Oh, Rowdy's Right in Jackson. And, you know, they they take real good care of us. Uh, We were hoping to have Nathan on this tonight, but you know what? He had responsibility. He had to feed people. Well, yeah. He's catering. They're not even open. Nope. Not open, and he's still cooking barbecue and and taking it and feeding folks. This is how much I uh, I really enjoy it. Um, Ben, you made the jingle for the last one. You know, you you made the jingle, and it was great. It was a hit. It yeah, instant hit. Yeah, I listen to it again. Listen to it again. Every time I hear it, I want to hear it again. And I decided I wanted to make my own. Okay. Yeah. And I was hoping Nathan would have been here so I could have wowed him with this. He probably would have showered me with money, like just like <laughs> when can I have this song? And I'm like, you can have it. It's yours. And no, I I, I made it, and I you know I think you'll like it. Well, uh, how how can I get it? You got a CD? Uh, actually, we're printing it on vinyl. Okay. Yeah. And you got the the first pressing of vinyl with you or something? No. Uh, we we recorded it uh, at my friend Joey Crabtree's house. Oh, we know Joey. Yeah, he was on here and he helped me out with this a lot. And um, I actually sent it to you in a text message. Oh, okay. Right there. Well, the, did you get it? Yep, I got it. Right there. I, I'm gonna hit play right now. Three, okay. two, one. Ready for brisket? <laughs>
<laughs> that was totally something. Yeah, what'd you think? Uh, I I appreciated it. I I loved uh, the. I don't I don't know where you were you listing uh, side dishes in an album in the Chipmunks type voice. It's, it's uh, pitch shift Pro Tools, you know. Okay, yeah, the old Pro Tools. Yep, that's what we use. We're pros. Absolutely. Well, uh, we uh, played again. <laughs> we we ain't got time, bud. We're oh, we're dang. running out of time. We've got a, a really important guest this evening. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, we got a guy, a close friend of mine. Uh, he's a bandmate. He is my producer. He is my friend. He is a professor at OU. He is just a cool dude. Um, his name is Eddie Ashworth. I've I've met him twice. Absolutely, and he Eddie Ashworth, born in Inglewood, California, is a record producer, engineer, mixed musician, university professor, entrepreneur, and writer. Best known for his work in the alternative rock and indie rock genres, his primary instrument is mandolin, and also plays guitar and assorted keyboards. Ashworth has also worked with artists in a wide variety of other genres, including dub, folk, hard rock, hip hop, tropicano punk, and classic rock. He is known for his work with Great White, Jon Stewart, Sublime, Pennywise, Izzy Stradlin, Unwritten Law, Data, Frenzel Romb, Eastern Youth, Pink Noise Test, and many others. He currently is the owner of the Oxide Shed Recording Studio in Athens, Ohio, and uh, he actually recorded my album, uh, Southern Ohio, and he recorded my EP, Leaving Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, we're here with Eddie Ashworth. Eddie, how are you doing? I'm I'm just fine, you guys. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic, Seth. Good to hear. Oh, I was just waiting for you to invite me to talk, Ben. Oh, whatever. Yeah, he's been shunning me, blowing me off for weeks. <laughs> he's friends uh, with this. Already, he, he's already friend. started. And yeah, I know, right? It's. A- I tried to tell him, Eddie, that we've been working on a record, uh, and I'm busy. I can't help it. I, that we've got to learn songs and get things ready for this record. How many times have you actually been there? Uh, twice, three times. I'm so. not asking you. <laughs> this is Eddie's interview, not yours, Ben. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Eddie, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, gosh, all sorts of stuff. Well, as you know, I... I teach at Ohio University um, music production and recording industry courses, and um, teaching right now is quite the challenge. So, um, let's just say I've been um, uh, improving my social networking and uh, teleconferencing skills tremendously <laughs> since all of this uh, COVID stuff started. Yeah. Um, so there's that, um, and. Uh, Thankfully, I've been able to uh, work on records, uh, one of which, um, as you pointed out, is yours that we're, um, we're working on. And um, been working, I've got a few others in the pipeline, one by uh, Spencer Elliott. He has a new, who is this great uh, fingerstyle guitar player from Charleston, uh, West Virginia. Chaz Town. Yep. And he's uh, started up a uh, kind of a side project called SC3, which is uh, him and a uh, uh, drummer and, and bass player. So he's kind of trying to take fingerstyle playing, which is, you know, mostly just, you know, guys going freaking nuts on acoustic guitar and uh, turning it into sort of like a uh, more of a progressive rock kind of thing. And that's been 
that's been a lot of fun. Uh, also, actually, I'm working with another Charleston band called Unmanned. It's three gals who play um, kind of surfy punk pop, and um, they're coming back here in a couple weeks to finish up their record. And a um, um, new guy named Drew Cable, also from West Virginia. I seem to have a lot of West Virginians yeah. coming through. Um, yeah, so that's you know kind of been it. Uh, cleaned out the garage recently. I did that too. <laughs> that could be a project. It was. It was a. It was a big project. The, the garage was actually the junk room. <laughs> well, uh, when you say that you're working with these artists, uh, you're working at, with them uh, at the Oxide Shed. Well, that's very true. Yeah, um, we yeah. got to plug that. These are facts. <laughs> these are these are verifiable facts. But it's been, there. There are photographs on the interwebs to prove that it's true. Uh, yes, the, the Oxide Shed, which is my shambolic studio home um, on Coolville Ridge, uh, just outside of Athens. Yeah, um, most of most of my work. Um, although, band we're, we've been um, well, on your record, band as you know, we've been rehearsing here, but we'll be recording at uh, OU for the uh, first time as sort of a official project. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to. I mean, uh, the last two projects that I've or records that I've put out, uh, we've recorded there at the shed, and um, I'm excited to kind of see what kind of flavor, you know, uh, we come up with over there at OU. Yeah. It's going to be different, and uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's a it's a different project for me altogether. I've, I I I kind of spoiled it last week on the on the show talking about. How's gonna be stripped down and all of that, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, you always get great sounds from the oxide shed, and um, for, I mean that's like another verifiable fact, basically from all of the projects that you have already completed and uh, my last two releases. So um, I'm I'm just excited to see what you could do over there. Oh, be it'll be nice, nice. It'll it'll, it'll change of change of pace, and I should mention it'll be uh, helping out the students. Um, yeah. Which is mainly why we're doing this is uh, as you you know, we just found out today that um, my students are going to be able to come back uh, for the what they what they're calling the second phase or phase two, where they're controlling the return of students to a high university, and so the students for. The two classes I'm teaching are going to be able to come back and actually use a studio. But because um, they haven't had in-studio instruction to record there, um, you know, we, we're going to be uh, videoing the whole process of the making of your record in the OU studio so the students can see not only how you go about making a record in there, but um, also uh, how one practices, um, you know, safe recording techniques under the current circumstances so um you know what we're doing is we're not only going to make a you know great record because how could it not be because it's a ben davis jr record for oh. Crying Aloud. oh i know how to suck up come on <laughs> and, and um but at the same time it's really going to be uh, helping um a lot of students who have kind of you know gotten the short end of the stick because of all of this um yeah stuff going around so it's um you know it's uh, putting some good out in the world what i really hope is that 30 to 35 years from now the footage is is recovered from and 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 basically discovered and released on the internet or whatever the internet will be 30 to 40 years from now 
Um, and people will say that we're really cringy and treat us real bad in the comment section. That's that's my Good. goal. That's oh. all one can hope for in this day and age is is that kind of uh, that kind of uh, recognition, really. Absolutely. There's uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like this uh, buffet training video from the early 90s that's going around on the internet right now. Well, it's been going around for a little while, but uh, it's got it's just trains everybody that works at this buffet restaurant how to do their jobs and the carving specialist they teach him to have uh conversations to build a rapport even with the youngest of customers and he's just like <laughs> slicing roast beef and asking this girl with a big smile on his face so do you like uh ice cream sundaes and has a big <laughs> smile on his face while he's slicing roast beef it's the best so we just have to have that kind of thing i mean why couldn't he ask an adult that though? I like ice cream sundays. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, the fount of uh, awesome uh, interweb uh, entertainment, man. I, oh I yeah, I like that truck. It's gonna turn me on too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, Seth, but what Eddie is also a member of oh. Bad to the Bone Truckers that gives no dams and shits. <laughs> Skull yeah, brother. <laughs> Skull yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like it. it's funny. Eddie, something that has happened within the last, uh, I don't know, the last six months or so, uh, I guess it's been shorter time frame than that, but uh, Jake Dunn pointed out that during this pandemic, time is nothing. Uh, it's just all a blur. But um, you released a, a, a record under your... Uh, super sensible records uh, label, right? Uh, well, yes. Um, well, that's an interesting story. Um, you know, originally, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm making, I started my own project called Hardy Mums about a year ago, and uh, um, you know, which is basically songs that I write and co-write with others and produce and play on, but I, I bring in other folks who do things better than me <laughs> to to work on those songs. Um, so I just, you know, I, I was taking a philosophy class and studying the works of Immanuel Kant. And he has this concept of super sensibility, which I won't go into right now, but it's sort of like a precursor to, you know, sort of hallucinatory um, experience of the beyond sort of thing. And uh, so I thought super sensible. If I ever start a record company, I'm going to call it super sensible records. And I decided, well, I'm going to, that'll be my little venue for putting out my hearty mum stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, what happened was um, an old uh, an old pal of mine from California, Zane Drake, whom you met um, last yeah. year, he came out, hung out with us while we were playing around a couple places uh, with the Revelry. He uh, and he also did the screenplay for My Bloody Valentine 3D, right? He sure did. One of his. Cl- I know. I make boy, you make me want to watch that again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he he wrote that, but he's also this you know crazy talented singer songwriter whom I had worked with whom I'd worked uh, back in the L.A. area during the '90s, and um, he had a band called the Missionaries I produced, and then sort of broke off on his own. Anyway, uh, long story short, um, we recorded this record uh, in '95 '96. It was and. Um, got some great players on it and he had this batch of really killer concise um, catchy songs with these uh, really kind of bizarre but brilliant brilliant lyrics and it just nothing ever happened with it and um so flash you know 
fast forward to now, and he um, he he was talking about coming out here and recording some new stuff, and he said, hey, you know, I'd, I'd really like to put that Buffalo Brides stuff up. That's what he called it, Zane Drake and the Buffalo Brides. Okay. And uh, do you still have any of that around? And so I went through my voluminous and chaotic DAT collection. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who are not familiar with that format, it sort of looks like a miniature cassette tape, like a, like a digital video tape. Um, and for a short period of time during the 90s, it was uh, the format we mixed records down to or made safeties of two-track, half-inch analog masters from. So I, you know, they're small enough um, that I managed to, like, carry them all around with me over the years. So I went through all of them, found all the session tapes, and just uh, went through and compiled um, uh, all the best takes I could find and material from that session. And then I entrusted our mysterious and elusive mastering engineer at the Oxide Shed, Wiley Rhyolite. He does a great job. Who, he does. He's, uh, he's, hard, he's hard to get a hold of, and he's, he's very expensive, but um, he does great work. <laughs> and and um, so uh, and so the result was uh, we got the we got all that done and um, uh, Zane was uh, quite amenable to the idea of that being the debut release of um, Super Sensible Records. So um, it just came out on streaming within the last month and just this very day um, in September I received the. Uh, compact discs. Oh wow! Uh, and the uh, say, so yeah, I just got them today, so um, they're going to start going on sale. But um, yeah, it's really, it's kind of crazy to see something see the light of day so so long a period of time after it's been uh, created. But um, better late than never, and it's and it's crazy. It, it sounds like it could have come out yesterday. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sound, you know, except for the influences. You know the of Zane, um, which are sort of the replacements and and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds pretty pretty contemporary. So yeah, quite stoked to have it come out. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool story uh, to resurface stuff from you know a couple decades ago and breathe new life yeah. into it because it, it never had the opportunity back then, and uh, it's just great. I, I like I like to hear that kind of thing. It's kind of like, uh, oh, you know, uh, the the ducks that are drowning in oil, and then they wash them with Dawn soap, and now they're good ducks again. They were all, they were always good ducks. Oh, they were just dirty ducks. <laughs> well, we're not saying that those tracks were dirty ducks, but well, they were obscure ducks. <laughs> they were obscure ducks. They were geese. <laughs> So, uh, do you do you have anything else coming up that you're uh, real excited about, or any any new developments that I don't know about? Um, well, I'm excited uh, to get uh, to get your record done. This will probably be the fastest we've ever completed one of your records because we're going to have it be recorded yep. in the next two or three weeks. So, um, and done. So, uh, <laughs> usually. Usually these things take a year. Yeah, Southern <laughs> Ohio took forever. It really yeah. did. But we we all were on our own independent spiritual journeys. And at the beginning of that, uh, you weren't playing uh, Wurlitzer and all of that stuff. That just all kind of happened in the middle. And then it was like, well, you might as well play with us. Yeah, well, I really, um, you know, I was, 
you know, not to delve into my fragile psyche, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I was pretty, you know, uh, you know, had kind of like stage fright and stuff like that before you were gracious enough to allow me into your band. And, uh, you know, I, that cured me, you know, it was like, uh, we're playing with you. It's uh, been real therapy for me. So now I, now you can't get rid of me. Well, we, it, it was not, uh, you know, by grace. It was, it was, it, you know, we, we wanted you, that was, we just didn't know it was an option. And once you, uh, once you let us know, I mean, we, we were so excited to have you. So, and it's, it's been great. I mean, we, uh, hopefully one day again, we will don the stages as the, the revelry, but right now it's just, uh, you know, who knows <laughs> as Todd Snyder oh, yeah. says, uh, it might be a pipe dream, but it's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things will open up. Uh, will open up again. But yeah, it's, I like these. Uh, this you have a really sturdy batch of songs, and uh, it's nice to get um, our good friend uh, Bruce Dalzell on stand-up bass. He really rounded things out the last rehearsal. Um, uh, what am I excited about? That that and uh, well, I've got um, uh, three new Hardy Mums. My project. Uh, tracks uh, started. Um, okay. And yeah, we got um, uh, Rebecca Harrison on bass uh, because I will not have a band unless there's a woman in it. So yeah. uh, we got <laughs> uh, Karen Allen, the former drummer, moved to Portland. So uh, hi, Karen. Um, Keep so it weird, kinda... Karen. <laughs> 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 oh, we will. Um, and uh, Brian, our, our good mate, Brian Gibson, um, on drums to... Yeah. Uh, so and they did a fantastic job, and I'm really um, excited about um, the path that that uh, that those are taking. Um, uh, I'm mixing a record by oh, somebody you know Ben, um, the Settlement. Okay. Uh, yeah, they uh, they they tracked uh, an album down in um, again down in Charleston, Jazz and so down. they uh, <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm, you know I'm not I'm not a shit. Rest of you guys. Well, you will be um, after this. I know. I'm just going to be. I'm going to be infected with coolness. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you wouldn't recognize their music now, Ben. You know, they were kind of like a funky pop band before, and yeah. they've gone. Pure. It's like prog jazz now. I mean, really? The, the yeah, the first uh, the first tracks they sent me. It's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like comprised of like two or three songs and they each have like a real proggy title. I can't re remember exactly what they call them, but it's like, like, you know, surface okay. regimen. Yeah. Sunrise. I mean, it's like that kind of thing. And that's so, you know, cool. there's about three or four minutes of singing and the rest of it is just, you know, a musical journey and it's all really tight. They tracked it live. So, wow. um, you know, yeah, 20 minutes of live, you know, jamming, um, no overdubs. Uh, so that's very impressive to me. I, you know, you it don't is. often get uh, put your hands on something like that. So I'm I'm pretty excited that, that they uh, they're letting me uh, uh, mix their that project. Um, that's really cool. I, I'm excited to hear it because I mean, I liked what they did before, and uh, I mean, of course, Colton, he's a cool dude. Um, we got to play with him when we went on the road, and uh, it wasn't the settlement, but uh, he's just super talented very very sure talented is. and uh that's incredible I, I i didn't know that they had gone that route at all but probably not a lot of us do know that and uh 
I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, me too. It's uh, I think you'll I think you'll I think you'll get a kick out of it, being a fan of music and all that stuff. Ben Irvin told me uh, the only thing that I listen to that's sort of like that is, um, you know, the Allman Brothers and their jammy stuff. But uh, Ben Irvin told me that those guys literally leading up to their show at the um, Fillmore, um, the the classic record, um, he told me that they were practicing like out in a field with no... You know, that way there was no acoustic interference, but they practiced in this field for weeks and consumed duffel bags full of mushrooms and just played these, you know, in, in memory of uh, Elizabeth Reed and uh, all, Whipping Post, all those songs and just jammed and jammed and jammed every day uh, for weeks. And that amazed me that they, I mean, because I, I just, I listened to that stuff and I'm like, how in the world do they all remember that that's where they're going with this part, you know, or, or how do they know that this is the, that section and, uh, it blows my mind. And so I'm sure that the settlement hasn't been eating mushrooms for, you know, weeks, but I just, I wish that I, I'm going to have to probably talk to them. I might have to invite somebody from, from the settlement. Maybe Colton will be on the podcast and we can delve into that mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You brought up, um, Live from the film or East, I'm a big fan of the producer and engineer of that record, Tom Dowd, who okay. is a great, uh, a great engineer from Atlantic Records. You know, just did all sorts of stuff, and you know, they I think that was recorded on a five night run, and they were so, you know, they were they were so good, you know, at what they they did is that what they what the story I hear is that they uh, recorded the first night with Tom Dowd. And he was timed out recording it. Then he went back to Atlantic Studios and listened to it. And they said, hmm, well, we, sounds like we got that one. So tomorrow night, why don't you play this other one instead of that, you know, so we can get that song. So they basically compiled the live record by listening to their performances each night and then okay. deciding how their performance, you know, which, which um, songs they would play over the course of five nights based on what they were hearing recorded. So it was just a really great, um, example of like a you know sort of a um, symbiotic relationship between the the producer and the band and how you know how that affected their live performances and how they captured them. It's, uh, yeah, that's really cool. Unusual when that happens. Um, and it's when it does. Do you do you happen to know who uh, produced the Jimi Hendrix Fillmore East recordings? Well, I know Eddie Kramer was his engineer producer. Um, it was a uh, band of gypsies days. Um, I didn't know if it, if it would have happened to been Tom too, um, but I mean, I that was the kind of the same principle there. Is he? I mean, he some nights he would play completely different songs, but it was like he nailed one song the first time. They got it in a a great take the first night, and then the next night instead of playing that song, they would play a different one. Exactly same uh, concept, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that a lot of guys were doing that back then. I don't know. I don't now you've know. got me looking up to see who uh, recorded <laughs> that. Look what you've done, I Ben. I can't stand it. I need, you know, foreign uh, minds need to know. Hmm. Um, I'll, oh, now it, it jumped me over to psychedelic rock. and <laughs> Just carry on. I'll find out before we're done when, who, who made that record. 
All righty. Well, talking about inquiring minds, uh, I know there's a question that a lot of people that are listening to this show want to know the answer to. Oh, dear. Do you like sour cream? I, I do. Hey, hey. Um, Team sour cream, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like sour cream. You know, it depends. Um, it depends on how it's used, you yeah. know. Um, you know, the, the, the you know, I, I like, I don't mind some sour cream in a, in a baked potato. Yeah, that's a delicious chai. way. Oh, yeah. A little like dollop in a your lot. chili. You put it in your chili and ever? I, no, I don't. I haven't, haven't done that. It's, um, perhaps I'll try. It's good. My yeah. sister does that. It's disgusting. It's delicious. Uh, um, I will I tell like, you, I'll confess. Like Go ahead, Eddie. Like I was just going to say I don't like sour cream and sushi. Sour cream and sushi? Who the hell would do that? Uh, animals. Just, just I've never had sour egg. cream and sushi, but I've had cream cheese. I do like sushi. that, but not sour cream. That's nasty. I'll give it a try just to see how bad it is. Because <laughs> I was, love sour uh, cream that much. It was Eddie Kramer, uh, uh, okay. Jimi Hendrix, producer engineer, also recorded band of gypsies. Wow. Yeah, I mean he he was with them. Uh, didn't he did? Are you experienced and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've watched a lot of the uh, the documentaries behind how they achieved those sounds and things in the studios. But yeah, I mean it's it's uh, the band of gypsies is badass. I love Buddy Miles so much. Oh, Buddy Miles, um, he really likes sour cream. He's dead. It, well, he did. Maybe so. He was alive once. Well, I won't hold it against him because he sings beautifully and plays drums. Played drums very beautifully. Um, and I will tell you, I made a nice batch of rigatoni uh, once upon a time. And that calls for once you boil your pasta, you kind of toss the noodles in sour cream mm-hmm. to help the sauce stick to the noodles. Mm. And I did that and mm. I did not throw a fit. See, look at you. How do, where do you guys uh, stand on mayonnaise? I love mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, I like mayonnaise. I, I, and I like all all condiments, but sour cream can suck it. Well, okay. It's yeah. the devil. Yeah, see, he's always full of hate. <laughs> We've been debating this for weeks. We're, we're leading up to uh, around election time. We're going to have a real full-on debate episode, I believe. Um, Smear campaigns and all. Yeah. <laughs> All, be, all the necessary topics will be covered. Then. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be uh, smearing sour cream all over my tortillas when I eat tacos. That's disgusting, Seth. So good. Oh, uh, okay. We're wasting this busy man Eddie's time talking about sour cream. I think it's important. I think it was an important topic for our podcast. It was relevant. <laughs> the context was there. It's never, it's never wrong to talk about food. Yeah. yeah. Reason so, why I brought up man. The reason why I brought up mayonnaise is because I, I don't really care for mayonnaise. Oh, get them but, off the show. <laughs> all right, get the hook. But, well, you know, hang on, hang on there. Um, so I tried, uh, you know, one of the things you do during a pandemic is you try new recipes. So for the first time, I made um, a Japanese dish called okonomiyaki, mm. which is a um, uh, kind of a Osaka pancake um, or, or like a frittata with... Um, you know, eggs and special kind of flour, and you put seafood in it and cabbage and green onions and, you know, whatever you want, basically. But the topping 
you crisscross the top of it with okonomiyaki sauce, which is kind of a savory sweet sauce, and then you go the other direction with pixie mayonnaise. Hmm. Pixie, a special Japanese brand of mayonnaise. Um, and I really like that. So I'm not completely against mayonnaise, and, I, and I'll sue you if you ever tell anybody I don't like mayonnaise, because I do yeah. sometimes. Yeah, Ben. Okay. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 mis, don't misresent me, Brogther. That's right. Yeah, Bogorther. <laughs> so I don't know what else really to ask you except for, um, I mean, I know you've been doing the the trying new recipes and things like that during the pandemic. What else have you been doing to kill your time? Because there, there was a long time that you couldn't work. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I kind of stayed here. Well, I, you know, uh, I got stuff done um like i said <laughs> cleaned out my garage i cleaned the deck off to prepare it for staining yep. i organized organized and painted the studio as you probably noticed it's a little more you know a little more um not as grimy as it used to be i had a nice kind of light purple paint there so yeah, I did it's, that. Um, it's very pleasant very much much more pleasant for, for you know for for people <laughs> Um, oh gosh, what else have I been doing? Um, working on, you know, I've really, I've been really excited to, you know, after all these years, finally be working on my own, my own music and compositions and stuff like that. So I found time to, uh, to get, get that going. So that's been really good. Um, I worked on my Wurlitzer electric piano a little bit and also my other keyboard. I kind of fixed. Uh, got those, both those things fixed. They're a little, um, under the weather. Um, you know, it's, it's weird though, when I think back on this and, and, and maybe it's the same for you guys. Um, you know, I, I look back and I say, man, I should have gotten so much more done during this period of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know, I had a lot of time and, a, you know, a lot of it, um, you know, it's funny how sort of low energy you can get if you let yourself. I mean, there's a couple of, <laughs> stretches there when I, you know, it's like, you know, you get up, it's like, well, I'm not going to see anybody today and I don't really have to go anywhere. I'm stocked up with food and, you know, I guess I'll just, you know, crack open a beer at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did that before the, the uh, pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> before, That's... during, and after. Yeah. yeah. I actually drink a beer right now. Yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, we're yeah. drinking uh, a nice raspberry ale. Uh, That's my jam. It's so good, so good. Um, well, Jackie O's. No, this one is not uh, that. What that was what we had the last week was that uh, Jackie O's uh, Hell Betty. Oh, and Hellbetty, it yeah. it was very Hellbetty. good. It was very dark and man, I it was just, like a raspberry porter. It was so good. I used to love dark beers, and now I just—I don't just like—I I don't like them as much anymore. That coffee, like bitterness, gets to me. But I love me some light, fruity gozas, really sours. Oh yeah, they're good. They're very, very good. I—I I like both. I do half and half. You can't can't go one way all the time. Oh, I, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, that's. And they make that. That sour cream ale, you're going to be all over that, aren't you? Bruh! <laughs> <laughs> they probably can make that because there are those 
cultures. Cream ales and then sour cream mix ales. Mix it with oh a little sour. Oh, my God. A sour cream ale. Dude. If, if it's not been brewed, then. I'm going to the Sixth Sense tonight. I'm just busting mix, down the door. <laughs> mix sour cream in with your PBR. <laughs> you heard it here first. Sour cream ale is going to sweep the. Sweep the. You the, heard it uh, here local. first, folks. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Well, well, oh, you're welcome. Well, my gift to you. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, uh, if you have uh, a last remark or a message you would like to convey to the populace uh, before we sign off here for, for this week's episode. Yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll uh, have one last thing to say, and I'll just mention one other, one other thing. So I forgot about it. Um, okay. One last thing I did this summer, as you, as you know, Ben, one of my uh, musical heroes is Robin Hitchcock, the eccentric English folk rock psychedelic uh, musician. And yeah. um, so I, um, uh, for part of my PhD that I'm working on, I, I uh, wrote a paper um, about his animal imagery. And in the course of doing that, I conducted several interviews with Robin, and it was that was quite the experience. Um, you know, he he was uh, very gracious and with his time, and uh, very open to my questions. And and uh, you know, of course, I completely nerded out and hardly knew what to say to him the whole time. But I, you know, I managed to managed to get through it. But I uh, presented that paper at the um, uh, International Association of uh, the study of popular music UK and Ireland conference. It was a virtual conference, but that's, uh, um, I was, I got to do that and, um, meet my, uh, kind of, uh, talk to my, one of my heroes and present that. So that's the other thing I did this summer. That's really awesome. Um, but, uh, I'll, so my, I guess my closing words will be, uh, a lyric from a Robin Hitchcock song, which, um, seems to me especially, uh, poignant, during the times through which we're living and those lines are uh, there's nothing in the future there's nothing in the past you've only got this moment and you have to make it last dang I love it oh and, uh, I forgot to ask him something I forgot to ask you something Eddie you can <laughs> edit it we yeah. edited and put this body of it so you know yeah we can mix it all around yeah yeah totally forgot about this right. do you all right do you like video games any at all? Did you ever play any video games? Uh, no, I'm not a gamer at all. Um, I, the last time, you know, I've, I had two little spurts of video games. Uh, I go back far enough, you know, this is in the nineties when like doom two was out mm-hmm. and it just, it, it just messed with my head so much, you know, like after I'd play it, you know, I'd start playing it and then like eight hours later I would, well, where'd the day go? And then I'd <laughs> yeah. walk and I kept on thinking things were jumping out of the walls at me and stuff. So I thought this probably isn't something I should do. And then, um, uh, about 10 years later, I, I played one of those halo games and, uh, it was kind of fun, but you know, here, the thing is, is that I spend most of my time, you know, working with computers and staring, staring at video screens, you know, with uh, digital audio workstations and stuff. So Why stare my at screen? <laughs> Yeah, like my go-to entertainment when I have some free time is not to like continue <laughs> I staring into staring into a screen. So you know, I'm, and yeah, it's just not my not my not my thing. So well, sorry, I, love, I, I, I love Mario, and I think he's a cute boy. If you could recommend uh, five 
recordings people listen to this week? Oh my gosh. And I know it's putting you on the spot, but five and they could be any type of recordings. But one time I read this article, it was like 100 recordings you should listen to before you die. Um, it was an NPR thing. And I found like 20 of my favorite bands on that. So maybe if you tell us five people, five recordings, people will find one favorite band. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and come up. Well, I'm gonna, I'll start out with Robin uh, Hitchcock and the, and the Egyptians' Element of Light. Okay. Uh, one of the great, one of the great, uh, um, you know, kind of pop rock, psychedelic pop rock records of the late '80s. Um, it's sort of the revolver of its time. I mean, just a cavalcade of brilliant um, uh, psychedelic songwriting that's really catchy. Uh, so I definitely recommend Element of Light. Uh, to anyone, another one of my all-time favorites is you know if I'm in a you know if you're in the mood for a dismal day, uh, Five Leaves Left by Nick Drake is something I spend at least once a month. Um, number three would be um, uh, the Kinks album Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round. Um, most people know that record from the song Lola, but there's a couple other you know, tunes and it's sort of a little concept or, you know, song cycle about disillusionment with music industry. So we can all relate to that. Yeah. Um, we had a couple other songs on there this time tomorrow and strangers, which, you know, you probably don't know it by name, but as soon as you, you hear it, you have heard it. And it's one of the great songs about, uh, you know, brotherhood or rather Brooke Otherwood uh, <laughs> on the road. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to know what the heck that means, but we do. We so we don't care. Um, just a great, you know, Ray D Davis is as at his uh, uh, just his finest, you know, kind of peak of his writing uh, career. Um, a record that just came out last year. Um, um, uh, her name is Aldis Hart, Hart, Aldis Harding, and she came out with this record called. Um, she's from New Zealand. Mm. Uh, called Designer, and uh, her, I saw her at Nelsonville Music Festival. I thought she was pretty okay, um, but you know she'd knock me out. Kind of you know sad droney songs. Yeah, uh, came out with this record, Designer, and boy, it's like you know kind of catchy and acoustic and um, really inventive uh, vocally. Um, so I'd recommend uh, Aldous Harding's um, Designer album to anyone. Um, what is that four? So if I get a fifth one, oh my gosh! See, this is the hardest. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to leave anybody out. But oh, oh, oh my gosh, this one just came out, and Ben, ben you were going to love this one. Okay. Uh, and let me—I don't want to mispronounce her name. It's this new record that's coming out. I just heard a couple songs off it by this uh, desert rock band from Molly, and you know we've all heard kind of the Molly desert rock. Um, Madhu um, Mokhtar is one of them. And that album, that last album he came out with is great. Yeah, he um, came to Athens and played Casa, right? Yeah, did you know that he did a alternate uh, version of um, Purple Rain? Purple Rain. Yes. You, knew, you know that, yeah. So yes, I, I saw not, some of it online. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, but the, um, so this band is called Song, I mean, the band is called Song Hoi Blues and they're from Mali and they're, the new record um, 
uh, Optimism. The first song, the first two songs are are freaking ripping. I mean, some of the best, you know, rock music I've heard in years. It's like coming out uh, next this within the next month. So be lie in wait for uh, this new album by Song Holy Blues. Optimism. It's it's a ripper. Awesome. Well. I am definitely excited to check it out. Yeah, I want to check that out too. It sounds I like ripping. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ripping yeah. and roaring and the whole nine yards. Oh yeah. Also, badass. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. See. <laughs> Damn. So they give any shits or fucks. <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have you listened to? Uh, I, I, I'm just curious of what you think of Michael Kiwanuka. I like him. Yeah, I really like him. I like him a whole lot, too. And I discovered his stuff because um, Jason Isbell actually tweeted about him. Like, at the start of the pandemic, he was like, one thing I'm grateful for is Michael Kiwanuka's voice. And yeah. shared the uh, actually the Kiwanuka album. And I immediately got it. And, man, that is a wonderful... I don't know. It's just like it, 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 it kind of each song transitions into the next one and it's kind of a soundscape, but kind of draws you in here and there too. I don't know. It's interesting. I just didn't know if you'd heard him or not. Well, I, you know, you guys shared some, I, I got some, an album that I'd like to share. Okay. Uh, it's by Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is a great album. We'll see. It's what the, and Eddie bro- likes sad songs. Well, I mean, what the brokenhearted do, it is like the steps of grief in song, and it's amazing. Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job. Really funny, absurd, nihilistic comedy, beautiful songwriter, beautiful musician. But he's actually uh, September, I think it may be the 25th. He has another album coming out called uh, Fear of Death, and... It's it's got the the title song on it, the fear of death, and it, the fear of death is keeping me alive. Like, <laughs> it's really good stuff. Give it a listen. It's really good. No high decker. I'm putting I'm putting it in my uh, queue right now. Yeah, let yeah. me know what you think about. What that. the broken hearted do is is a real good one. Yeah, that that song is good, and then but the whole album. That's what the album's called, and you know I would I don't want to say I have a favorite track on that, but. When I got up, when I get up, all I want to do is go back to bed. That's a good one. <laughs> right. Decker, I found it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Fear of death. There it is. Add. That's a good Boom. one. But I'm telling you, what the broken hearted do. Bam. But fear of death, man. It they wow. It it amazed me. Oh, there's what the broken hearted do. All right. There's another ad. Okay, they're on my. All right. Playlist now. We've done our part. You're welcome. <laughs> Go yeah, bro, Gother man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eddie. Well, it's been great talking to you, and I will see you tomorrow. Actually, right, probably. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, well, Eddie, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'm gonna go uh-huh. home and edit this yeah. as fast as I can get it edited, and then get it online. All right, we'll take out all, all the dumb stuff I said, okay? Well, I don't think there's a whole lot of dumb stuff, but then we would take out everything I said. No. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, yeah. well, thank you. I, I appreciate you uh, you including me in this. It's uh, absolutely. Uh, 
Okay. I hope he listens to Tim Heidecker. I think he'll really like him. I, I think he will too. I'm all not right. paying attention to you. I'm mad. Well, that's all right. I'm just kidding. I love you. I, I, I realize I was. Uh, I, I've been pretty mean to you this podcast. I, it's okay. I'm sorry. It's all right. Well, yeah. So we're gonna feature this song that Eddie's gonna uh, send us. And What's the name of that song, dude? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese, but uh, once I do know, uh, we'll we'll put it in the description for the podcast. That's what I, I I've been trying to do that mm-hmm. when I can remember is yeah. to put the names of the featured tracks, but. For this week, I am the Dirt Poor Troubadour, Ben Davis Jr. And I'm Seth. Forget what I said my name was again. Ludacris. Oh, yeah. Seth Ludacris Comer. Uh, yeah, suck on that, Peach. Yeah, Peach.
白が知らざるが目の前